In the Garden with Keynes Garden Centre Kilcolgan for the best selection of trees and shrubs in the west of Ireland. See keynesgardencentre.ie and here he is, Tom Stewart from Cain's Garden Centre, ready to bestow his incredible knowledge on all of those poor gardeners around County Clare. Tom, how are you? Very good, Alan. Good morning to you. And good morning to yourself. And as ever, you've come armed with two 30-euro vouchers for Cain's Garden Centre uh, for two Lucky Morning Focus listeners. Very simple folks, just send in your gardening question and uh, you could get your hands on that voucher. Or at the very least, if your question is asked, you'll get a, a great uh, answer and hopefully uh, a solution to whatever your gardening problem is. But before all of that, uh, Tom is going to take us through fantastic spring flowering shrubs, show-stopping plants to add a blast of colour to your garden, Tom. Yeah, thanks very much, Alan. So spring, definitely we're seeing some signs of spring coming with some sunny weather, but it's such a wonderful time in the garden with plants and flowers just waking up from their winter sleep and, and showing off their beautiful flowers and blossoms. So I picked out a couple of my favourite uh, flowering shrubs that are suited to most gardens and look particularly good at this time of the year and over the next few weeks. So my first selection are magnolias. So magnolias are beautiful shrubs and trees that have kind of eye-catching flowers that add a touch of glamour to the garden. So they've got delightful either tulip shape or sometimes star-like flowers with colours ranging from pure white through to pink to deep magenta and even yellow. Many also have a, a lovely fragrance too. Uh, they can be deciduous or evergreen and range in size from small shrubs to large trees. Most of them prefer neutral or slightly acidic soil. If you don't have the right type of soil, the smaller varieties of magnolias, they grow very well in pots, so that can be a good option for you. Many flower in spring, but some do flower in the summer. Um, you can also dig in plenty of the ericaceous compost into the ground and add a little bit of the ericaceous feed to give them the conditions that they like. Uh, uh, you can use them as a standalone specimen shrub or even part of a mixed kind of shrub border, depending on the size and variety. Uh, they tend to need somewhat of a sheltered spot away from strong winds to do their best and make sure that the soil doesn't dry out in the summer. Um, mature plants will will somewhat establish uh, somewhat quicker and make sure that you water them well after planting. So a real showstopper variety is Magnolia Genie or the purple magnolia. So this variety produces beautiful, lightly scented tulip shaped flowers in late spring. The flowers start, start as a kind of blackish red bud and that opens up to display a nice rich maroon colour. They're frequently followed by a second round of flowering in midsummer, uh, it's perfect for even small gardens, staying nice and compact. It's an excellent choice for cottage-style garden or even for town gardens. It's somewhat slow-growing with a mature height of around ten to twelve feet. Another beautiful magnolia and a quite a popular one is Stellata or the Star Magnolia. So this is an award-winning, nice, compact variety. It's ideal for small gardens and looks equally beautiful when kept in a container. It produces a mass of stunning, bright white star-shaped flowers opening from these lovely silky buds quite early in spring, so around March or April, and are gently scented. So a real nice one starting to come into flower quite soon. Both these varieties are just starting to come into flower um, and looking really well. Other popular varieties include the likes of Magnolia Black Tulip, Magnolia Susan, Sulingana and Daphne, all fabulous shrubs. So that's magnolias. Now, another one that the listeners will be quite familiar with is Forsythia. So these are another popular spring flowering shrub with their eye-catching distinctive yellow flowers. They're a reliable, colourful and easy to grow spring flowering shrub. Uh, there's lots of different varieties. Most will grow as a medium to large shrub with a nice kind of open informal habit. You can plant in sun or in a bit of partial shade. Ideally in somewhat moist but well-drained soil using a, a seaweed enriched compost will, will help bed them in. Uh, they start flowering on bare branches before the leaves emerge and you can also uh, cut the flowering branches for a beautiful arrangement inside in a vase or in an indoor, indoor, indoor arrangement 
Uh, for cyclists, underplanted with some spring flowering bulbs like tulips and daffodils will create a nice, uh, easy to grow display for spring in your garden. For the best blooms, cut branches back to a pair of strong buds just after flowering and that'll uh, you'll have nice compact plants after that. Another variety of shrub that looks really well in spring is the flowering currant or Ribes sanguinium. It's another fantastic spring flowering shrub. There are a few different varieties, but the most popular is the Ribes King Edward VII. Beautiful pink flowers and nice scented foliage as well. It's a real traditional, somewhat tried and tested shrub that's easy to grow, fully hardy and very little maintenance needed. It grows well in, in a sunny spot in well-drained soil, but it will adapt to kind of moderate shade and gives a nice bit of uh, height. It can reach about maybe six feet, but if you if you want it, you can keep it cut to about four foot easily enough. Uh, it's really nice in a, in a mixed shrub border, but it can also be used as a nice flowering hedge as well. Uh, the flowers are followed by blue, kind of blue, blackish fruits in autumn. Um, and somewhat, despite being related to currants, the fruit are a bit acidic and not usually eaten at all. Uh, they're also a very beneficial shrub for wildlife, great for pollinators. And you can theme them up with some spring flowering bulbs or early flowering ground cover plants for a nice bold splash of colour well before many other plants in the garden uh, get into their stride. A few other shrubs just to, to look out for, uh, the likes of Shinomalaise, Electrospernum or the New Zealand tea tree, uh, Amelanchia, or perhaps some dwarf uh, cherry blossoms and even the rhododendrons and azaleas all starting to come into flower quite soon. So Friday, I think, is is the 1st of March. If you're out in the garden and you're looking to make a few additions of uh, dramatic colour, there's plenty of colourful shrubs out there to choose from. Yeah, certainly some lovely options there, Tom. Uh, before we get to the listeners' questions, and there's plenty of them coming in for you, uh, you have a few jobs for them for the week ahead. Yeah, a few things worth considering for the garden. So if you have any fruit trees or fruit bushes, uh, you can give them a little bit of feed by sprinkling a bit of sulfate of potash or some of the Osmo Pro Bloom fertiliser around the base. That'll just help encourage more fruits. You can cut back any shrubs like dogwoods, willows and cotinus right down to the base to promote new vigorous growth. Your um, shrubs like rhododendrons and azaleas can get an ericaceous feed, either liquid or granules. Roses, if they haven't been cut back, can be cut back and just tidy up around the base and give them a good handful of, of mulch uh, or fertilizer. Uh, sweet peas, they can be sown now in deep pots or the deep seed cells uh, and keep them in frost-free conditions in a greenhouse or a sunny windowsill. Um, they'll be um, nice plants for later in the summer. The likes of the blackcurrant bushes, uh, can still be pruned by cutting out some of the oldest branches right down to the base, keeping the more younger, more productive branches and creating that nice open kind of open goblet type shape. Um, seed potatoes, as we mentioned the other week, can be chitted or sprouted this time of the year. That'll help give you an earlier harvest. And the likes of tomato plants, they're available now, along with other veg plants like cabbage, lettuce and courgettes for anyone looking to get an early start on some uh, grow your own stuff. Okay, so those are a few tasks to uh, get uh, yourself uh, involved in uh, for the week ahead. And as Tom says, Friday's the 1st of March, no uh, no better time. And it is time for the listeners' questions. Lots of great ones coming in, Tom. And uh, remember, there's 2.30 or vouchers for Cain's Garden Centre to be won. First up is Jerry and Ennis, who says, Good morning, Alan. Uh, can I please ask Tom if there is a way to manage grasses so that they don't become overgrown masses of dead grass? I have a lot of grasses, many different varieties but the grasses are inclined to take over and are very unsightly should the grasses be cut back hard each year or does each grass require different management enjoying the show says Jerry thank you very much Jerry 
Morning, Jerry, and thanks very much. Yeah, some varieties of grasses, if if um, if if some of them have been selected, some can get a, a bit out of hand. And and depending where you're growing them, obviously it's important that the the varieties chosen are, are more suited to the areas. But as you said, Jerry, some uh, grasses can be cut right down and hard. Other grasses um, can benefit from being lifted up out of the ground and split and then replanted. That can really rejuvenate them. It does depend on uh, to a certain degree on the variety and the type. And, and there is many to choose from but to a certain degree a lot of them could be cut back if they've got too big and and it's it, it seems like a doable task in terms of size you could look to lift them and split them and and replant them then again as, as a somewhat of a smaller plant um so that's always an option sometimes um other ones you almost need to comb through them and 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 pull out some of the maybe with gloves on you nearly run your hands through them and pull out a lot of the dead um stems on them just to give them a, a nice uh uh, cleaner appearance. I know a lot of the festukas, the blue grasses and stuff like that appreciate that kind of combing through. So it does depend, Jerry, a lot. Some of them, you know, they will can, to a certain degree, they can look a bit dishevelled in winter depending on the variety. It's probably having a mix of more of the evergreen varieties to hold a bit of colour there. But cutting them back won't do a whole lot of harm anyway and it'll usually rejuvenate them as a rule of thumb. And then other ones, as I said, comb through or the odd one you might look to lift and divide and that should keep you in a, in good stead, Jerry. Okay, brilliant stuff, uh, Jerry. Hopefully that helps you. Adrian and Crushine says, Hi guys, I think I would like to try and grow some vegetables this year. I have never done it before. What would be an easy vegetable to start with at this time of year? Oh, brilliant, Adrian. Yeah, so really good. So certainly... Um and I'll shout out a few that can be grown in the ground or in containers. So definitely seed potatoes and maybe picking an early variety of seed potatoes and you can grow them in a large tub or container. Really rewarding to do that and nice homegrown spuds, uh, somewhat easy to do. Even the likes of what I would consider relatively simple um, vegetables like onions and garlic and shallots. But the difference between a homegrown, uh, even an, an onion, Adrian, compared to what you buy in the shop, it's just lovely. And again, can be grown in containers if needed uh, or in the ground. So uh, very easy to grow and even the likes of spring onions and stuff. Lots of garden centres from now on will have trays of vegetables started off. So cabbage plants, lettuce, even mixed salads, stuff like that can be quite easy to grow from the trays. And lots of... Um, different varieties of, of mixed salad leaves and salad plants uh, available in seed format as well. I suppose it's particularly, it's it's worth uh, noting to grow the stuff that you would particularly like to eat. And once you have a little bit of success with some of those, you'll soon um, um, step on or graduate on to growing even more. But very worthwhile, Adrian. As I said, in containers or in the ground, you wouldn't go wrong with, with any of the ones that were mentioned there. All right, Mark Clancy is listening to us in Ennis Diamond. How are you, Mark? He says, Hi, Tom. Some of my rose leaves turned yellow last year. What is the reason for this? Uh, good morning, Mark. So roses can suffer from um, black spot and some fungal disease and rust. So... Um, it's important that we'll say at this time of the year, you have them cut right back or even the next couple of weeks, you can cut them right back to maybe 10 or 11 inches from the ground. You clean away any of that leaf debris that might um, have been there last year because you don't want it reinfecting new leaves this year and probably spraying them with something like garlic wonder or um, rose clear will keep them in good um 
in good stead as well and give them a good rose feed as well. So they are prone to getting it, spraying it with the likes of garlic wonder or rose clear is a preventative and that can help and keeping them well fed and watered uh, is beneficial. The, when you when you cut them back, you introduce kind of new, stronger growth. So that usually helps. So as long as they're kept well fed and watered, Mark, you should be okay. It's not detrimental to the plant, but they can look a bit unsightly. So um, definitely as soon as your roses come into leaf this year, maybe give them a spray straight away with um, something like rose clear or um, the garlic wonder that will help prevent it. All right. Uh, hi, Alan and Tom. When is the best time to spray your potatoes and what should I use? Thank you, says Brian and Currifin. Come on, Brian. Good morning to you. So usually potatoes are sprayed um, to prevent um, potato blight. So it usually tends to be kind of later in the summer when the weather is warm and wet. So it could be maybe late May, June or into July. Met Aaron are usually good for giving um, a warning on the on their app or on the weather forecast to say the conditions for, for blight are, are present at the moment. So and with the spraying, you need to spray in advance. So you can, you, we'd have um, a blight spray, a blight spray treatment in the shop here, and you spray it in advance to prevent them getting it. But you have to do it kind of, would say, just a short while in advance. There'd be no point in doing it very early in the year. That preventative treatment it won't last forever. But um, you'll see a, a blight spray in, in most garden centres, and it's keeping an ear out on weather forecasts or checking the Met Aaron warnings for uh, blight warnings tends to be when the weather's wet and warm, so maybe June, July type. And um, just once you keep your ear out for that, you should be in good order, Brian. Okay, Anne says, Hi, Alan and Tom. I'm looking for something nice to grow in two pots at the front door that will flower all summer. Uh, good morning, Anne. Yeah, so lots of ones to choose from. I suppose some of the ones that we mentioned there, like the magnolias, are really good. Now, they're spring flowering rather than flowering all summer, but uh, they make a lovely show. Um, lots of other plants that, that w- could be considered. You could even grow roses in pots. They're good for summer flowering. Lots of the um, hebes can be summer flowering shrubs as well. Certainly, as you wander around the garden centre um, over the next couple of weeks, you'll start to see lots of stuff that are either just about to come into flower or maybe in flower or stuff that might come into a flower a a bit later on. Another thing you could consider uh, as well, Anne, is having a nice evergreen uh, shrub as a centrepiece and then around the side or towards the front of the pot, you might put some long-lasting flowering stuff, even, you know, some of the summer stuff like geraniums or something like that for a great splash of colour that'll flower all summer. So uh, lots to choose from. I'd say having a wander around um, your local garden centre or even call up to ourselves, we'll give you plenty of options for that, Anne. Another one here comes from Helena McNamara in Castlewood Park in Ennis. How are you, Helena? She says, will you ask Tom about my red robin plant, which I have in a pot, but it has black spots and leaves falling off. What can I do? Good morning, Helena. Yes, sometimes the um, red robin is a lovely shrub, but they don't like a particularly windy or windswept area. So it could be suffering a little bit from that. No harm to give it a good uh, cut back. So you could cut, you know, seven or eight or nine or ten inches off it altogether. It'll rejuvenate and come up with new foliage. They can, if if they're in a very windy area, some of the foliage can look a a little bit disheveled and they'll get some of that kind of markings and spots on them. And and some of the leaves will look a bit kind of off colour as well. But giving it a, a cut back if it's in a pot just making sure obviously that it do, it's not allowed to dry out completely and no harm to give it in the next kind of week or so um, a little bit of a feed either granulated or a liquid feed would um, would make a good job with Helena but I'd say maybe cutting it back um, and if you can give it a more sheltered area if it is in a windy spot it'll suit it a little bit better Okay, Pat in Bearfield says, Morning, Tom. I have lots of tulips growing in pots, but to my disappointment, there's not much flower heads this year, just leaves. What's gone wrong, wonders Pat? Uh, Good morning, Pat. If there are ones um, that have been 
there for a while. They might have just lost some of their pr- uh, productivity. So if, if you've had them a long time, they might be just a need of replacement. Usually after a few years, they just become less reliable for the flowering. Now, if they're newly planted, um, Perhaps sometimes they come up with foliage and no flowers. It can be an indication that they weren't planted deep enough. So tulip bulbs do need to be planted quite deep. So that might be something, but maybe not. Um, Now, sometimes you'll see the foliage coming up um, in advance of any flower buds. So potentially there might be still time packed for for flower buds to emerge. But um, usually there are things, if they're there a long time, they might have just become unproductive. If they were recently planted and they weren't planted deep enough, that can result in as well. But who knows, maybe there are um, a variety that's put on a bit of foliage and there's still buds to come. So fingers crossed, Pat. Okay, and the final question this for this week comes from Sean in Rouen. And Sean says, I bought rollout turf for my front lawn and I put it down two years ago. It has gone thatchy now and all gone a yellowish green. I fertilised it and detached it, but it is still going yellow. Will overseeding and top dressing fix it? Or what do you recommend? Or raising the lawn even? I would like to end up with a perfect lawn. Good morning, Sean. Yeah, um, sometimes the rollout turf just does a little bit of more management and aftercare in it, and it can, in the initial period after going down, can suffer a little bit from drying out. So definitely watering it to the right amount is important. But so far, like from what you've said there, Sean, you're doing everything right. You have fed it and you have dethatched it and, and you're looking after it. Certainly no harm to um, give it another feed. You could even, if it's a smallish area, sometimes the rollout turf is used for smaller areas, you could apply a liquid feed. The uh, Nutri-1 is a very good, strong liquid feed. You could apply something like that. It'd be worth considering. And then when the um, soil starts to warm up a little bit more, you could apply um, a granulated um, Osmo Pro 1 is a, is a very good um slow-release granulated product for lawns and uh, without forcing growth, it would green it up a good bit. So it might have suffered a bit of drought. It might, um, certainly as, as you indicated there, maybe a little bit of overseeding would do it no harm at all. So you could get yourself a small box or a small bag of lawn seed to uh, overseed it. It's certainly, it's, it's recommended for all lawns to get a little bit of overseeding on an annual basis. So I think it'll come good, Sean. Um, you, you seem to be tuned into looking after it. So I think with some of those steps, um, you'll have a, a lovely lawn in, in uh, soon enough time. And with the great advice of Tom Stewart as well. Um, he's too he's too uh, humble to say that. Uh, my thanks uh, to everybody for all your questions, but there can be only two winners. Jerry in Ennis and Helena McNamara also in Ennis. Congrats, you've each won yourselves a €30 Euro voucher. As for Tom Stewart, well played, Tom, as always. Thank you very much. We'll chat to you again next week.